Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, today's episode, we're going to do something a little bit special. There's always been this overlap between skateboarding, BMX, and VWs, mini truck, and all that stuff, which was in its heyday in the 80s. And on today's show, I wanted to kind of touch a little bit in the beginning for just a short little bit about the BMX crossover and the VW culture. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Bill, that's pretty self-indulgent. And you're right, because you know whose podcast it is? It's my podcast. And I thought there's a, been a huge overlap with VWs and BMX and skateboard and all that stuff. And I saw at the car show that I went to in Park, Arizona, the Volks Jam, uh, Craig Turner was there. And Craig Turner is the son of Gary Turner, who was GT Bikes when it started. And I thought it'd be a great story to get. And then I, I, I sat there for a while thinking like, man, you know, it's a VW podcast and, you know, what are the listeners going to think? And I'm like, you know what? The listeners are going to love it because they love the history and a lot of us have roots that go back into the 80s. And there's really a lot of interesting content on this, the story of GT and what Craig's doing now with uh, Gary Turner BMX. And uh, it's just a, it's just a great a great crossover, I felt. And so I started thinking about the crossover between VWs and BMX and all that stuff. And some of the first things that I come up with, right, is Freestyle Magazine, Winter 84 edition. Uh, shout out to uh, my boy Bob Daniels in the PA because he's helping me research some of this stuff. And I really wanted to tie some of this together. So the Winter 84 issue of Freestyle Magazine, on the cover of that magazine, it's got a dude doing a uh, like a, a tabletop over a convertible bug loaded with a bunch of hairy looking dudes from the uh from the 80s and it's like the perfect bug from the 80s right it's got a it's a white convertible the full bra on it it's got portion nipple hubcaps on it so it's like your basic 80s build right stock bug slam a bra on it lower it to the ground put some portion nipple hubcaps on it and you're good to go right so the first time it crosses over is in the bmx world right the bmx doing a jump over a convertible uh convertible bug and that's in 1984 well then we get to the spring 86 right spring break 86 issue july 86 vw trends and on the cover of that you'll remember it was the british invasion and it's got a bunch of new wave looking people sitting in the back of a like there's room for four people in a gear right in a lowered gear on uh polished five spokes and there's a dude doing a pretty swift cross up looks like he's riding a uh it looks like a quad angle that he's riding on there but he's doing a jump over the front over this well it looks like he's going over the gear but it looks a little bit possibly staged to me but you know it was one of those things where you know back in the day when we're getting these magazines the magazines are really selling a lifestyle to us and even though at the same time you know my bmx story is pretty lame right i mean i grew up in a house single mom and didn't have didn't have enough money to have anything nice right it's like the nicest bike i had was a uh, team murray a red and yellow team murray that got swiped in front of the skags alpha beta when I ran in to get a candy bar and so goes my so goes my BMX history never got a chance to race never got a chance to do any of that kind of stuff so but growing up in the 80s it was like BMX was the cool thing all the cool kids you know all the kids that had parents that had some sort of uh, anything that could buy their kids something had a nice bike you know normally like your typical neighborhood bikes were like a Diamondback a GT I mean the GT just blew up on the scene I, me- I mean I remember that was like the biggest deal. And I remember down the street from my house, it was my sister's friend's older brother, uh, a kid named Mario. He's still a local guy here in Vegas, Mario Statlander. And he had a PK Ripper. And I thought like, this guy was like four or five years older than me. And I thought this guy has a life, like the coolest dude ever. He's got a PK Ripper. Like, man, could you be this cool? Right. But 
I mean, back in those days, those were some of the things that I think as we grew up as adults, you end up crossing over into your bike says who you are. Now your car says who you are. So there's like this crossover where you're identified by your, your whatever you're riding, whether it's your bike, your skateboard, or now your Volkswagen. So the great thing is now as we're older and you got a couple nickels to rub together because you work hard, you save your money, you buy and sell Volkswagens and, uh, you know, trade and swap out parts. You're able to afford stuff that you can't, that you couldn't when you were a kid. You know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that I was able to pick up some stuff. You know, I started, I, I got a few specialized BMX bikes from the early nineties that my brother mocks me about having a couple cruisers. And I thought cruisers were like the big deal. Well, Come a few years later and all these 26ers and 29s start getting really popular. And then George, my boy George, picks me up a PK Ripper. Uh, so I've got a 29-inch PK Ripper now. Uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, see one of the videos where we're cruising around Prado on it. But now all the guys our age in their 40s, early 50s are out riding BMX bikes, larger BMX bikes that we fit on. But the funny part is, you know, we've got these bikes. And my our, our parents, when they were that age, weren't out there riding bikes. So I'm interested to see what our kids are going to do when they're 50, because if we're raising the bar this high, they should be doing something else. So the next time that I see VWs and BMX crossover, there's not a lot of that crossover there, right? But you have guys uh, like um, Mike Dominguez. He's a he's a VW guy. He's really known for the mini truck scene, but he's also into VWs. I've got a friend that's going to be possibly building something for him. And the next time that we see the VW BMX crossover is really using like retro type stuff until September 2021 issue of Hot VWs where you've got uh, Damon VW guy on the cover with his bike collection and he's a bus guy. And there's uh, guys in the UK, you know, um, that are big into the BMX. That's a huge scene. When I went to Volksworld back in 2014, they had uh, they had a huge BMX collection on display at uh Volksworld Super Show. So I thought it was pretty rad. One of the, one of the notables uh, in the UK is Mike Downham. He's got uh, a pretty rad VW collection. And the guys from Cool Flow really into the BMX thing. So it's one of those deals where, you know, as we reminisce to the kids, to the bikes and to the cars that we wanted when we were kids, you know, now that stuff's starting to come to attainability for us as adults. And it's really cool that we're able to kind of bring those two worlds together. So one of the things I was really interested in talking to uh, Craig Turner about was just the history. And then the fact that he's continuing the legacy of his father, you know, of building bikes, us made product, not to mention, I mean, I think about how special it is to buy something hand built by the guy. That's the son of the guy that started the business. And it's a pretty big deal. At least to me, it is because there's not many things you can buy nowadays that are handmade. So I was pretty excited to get this podcast going. Uh, I'm hoping you guys enjoy it. Cause I, I definitely am going to really, you know, I enjoyed doing it, getting some history. And then I got even more motivated because now take you to my next level. So now you're able to custom get, you know, things made for your car, right? Whether, I mean, the bar continues to keep raising and raising and raising and then people are getting custom made wheels to their car and then taking, SA sprint stars, knocking the centers out, putting them on three piece wheels, making them 17s. I mean, everything just continues to keep raising the bar. Well, I predict the next trend will be, and it's probably already out there, but the next trend is going to be custom building bikes to match your show car. And if you do it tactfully and tastefully, I think it's really going to pull off something pretty slick. And during this podcast, I actually talked to uh, Craig about doing a bike that I want to have built to match the carbon cab because in the back of the carbon cab would be, you know, rolling pretty dope. 
so I'm looking forward to getting with Craig and working something out and building a uh, uh, a GT to match or a Gary Turner bike to match the carbon cab. So I'm working on some things. I got George as my consultant because he's really big into the bike stuff. Matter of fact, when I called George earlier tonight, he's out there using his pedal power to get around and mocking me for sitting at home and producing a podcast for all you listeners out there. But I know that you guys at least will appreciate this. I'd also be remiss if I didn't bring up Clint Miller and he's out of uh, Australia and he's got the colony type three uh, square back. So he's a big BMX guy and uh, he's got pretty rad. He's got a fleet of VWs, you know? So, I mean, the VW BMX overlap just continues to go on and there's just so many people, so much crossover in the scene that I thought it was only fitting to do a podcast with Craig Turner. He's at a VW show. It's pretty rad. So you guys will get into it. Uh, wait till the end. You'll hear some shout outs. So let's get into it. Craig Turner with the story of GT bikes on Let's Talk Dubs. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen covered by VW Motor Security Blanket. Okay, everybody. So on today's show, I'm coming to you live. Well, not live. Recorded at Volks Jam in Parker, Arizona. Came down here to support Lucas and the guys doing the show down here. And while I was down here, I saw a Gary Turner BMX tent set up. And lo and behold, Gary Turner's son's down here. And he's doing big things with the GT name again. And I wanted to welcome him to the podcast because, you know, the VW and, and BMX overlap. So on today's podcast, I've got Craig Turner with GT Bikes, Gary Turner Bikes. A lot of people, what's funny is a lot of people we talked about earlier, GT. A lot of people don't even know what GT stood for. So we're going to get a history lesson on the story of GT bikes right now. How did the GT bikes begin and where does this all start from? Well, it all originally started in 1972. So um, basically I was about five years old and my uncle Glenn, I think he was about five years older than me. Mm -hmm. So my dad just got divorced from my mom at the time and he needed something for me to do you know so you're a single dad and you got full-time custody of your kid what are you gonna do oh. so they're doing bmx races up in long beach scott bryhart founder of sc was actually doing races up there yeah so i had old schwin schwin stingray right right so that's what we started on the basic go-to yeah, so right started up there and i mean there's no starting gate no nothing i mean just you know a flag start and we just racing parks up there and then uh, you know my dad, being an engineer mm -hmm. and a welder, a drag racer, just came out of Vietnam and uh, took an old Schwinn Stingray, yeah. cut the bottom bracket off, and raised it up for me. And then uh, he goes, you know what? I could build a better bike. Right. He started taking the bike apart, and he thought, like, yeah, this thing's not built that great. Like, right. So he started building you know, BMX frames and stuff for me and my Uncle Glenn. So it just started, you and your Uncle Glenn and your, and your dad was like, ah, oh, these bikes are easy enough to make, I'll build it and make it myself. Yeah, yeah. So literally, he'd tell me stories, he was, at the time he was working at a trumpet company, he was a machinist. At a trumpet company? Tr they made trumpets. Really? And trombones and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. very specialized machines. And uh, his boss was pretty cool at the time, so he would cut the plates out for the dropouts and stuff, but he didn't have a mill or a lathe or anything like that to do the work. Right. So on his lunch break, his boss would let him use that machinery 
and he'd cut the slots in for the axle slots and all that kind of stuff. And it was oh, really? all purely handmade stuff. So, so the original GT. So, and at this time, he's just making bikes for you and your uncle. Like it's not right. a production type thing, right? And and how does your racing career go? And then how does GT bikes evolve from there? Well, when I started, I started racing a five. Got pretty good at it, and then. Um, you know, my dad was building onesies, twosies, and he started selling actual frames. He to people at the bike track and stuff like, yeah. hey, can you, can you make a frame for my kid? And Exactly. And so at the time, the I, frames are just one size, like this is a 20-inch, an 18-inch, whatever. He did a bigger version and a mini version. Uh -huh. So the mini was like for me, the smaller bike. Right. And the bigger one was for my Uncle Glenn. And then, uh, you know, started winning, and everybody wanted a frame. So, you know, he's doing onesies and twosies. His first jigs were made out of wood. Really? Really. And actually, I remember as a kid, one of those jigs catching on fire in the garage. As he's welding up the bike? As he's welding up the bike. That's yeah. insane. Isn't that crazy? And so, he, when does he realize this starts to catch on? Well, I think it was in like 76, 77. Uh-huh. I, I moved back to Nebraska with my mom. So, okay. you know, the whole custody thing, whatever. So, I moved sure. back there. But, you know, my dad sort of stopped building bikes. And then Richard Long came along. He owned a bike shop in Anaheim and, you know, very, very nice bicycle shop, successful. And he was selling my dad's bikes and they partner up and they changed from Gary Turner to GT bikes. So yeah. that was late 75, 76. Era. And that's when the, uh, when the evolution from Gary Turner to GT bikes Correct. comes out. Yeah. And then the GT bike. Now he was originally making these, um, chromoly steel, all that stuff or what what's yep. the evolution of how he's making it you know is it uh because obviously he can pick whatever materials he wants right and in the 70s everybody steal bikes yeah right? so chromoly. pretty much everybody was chromoly back then mm -hmm. one of my very first or second frames was actually an aluminum frame really yeah i still have pictures of that bike but not many people made aluminum bikes back then yeah um there was a called a bike called the g-boy yeah. That was an aluminum race bike, and that was a very rare bike. So we actually have one of those at a shop my dad bought really way back in the day. So my dad's always collecting bike frames and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. And so the story of GT then goes from your dad making these to then he partners up, and they decide to go into production making the bikes. Correct. So they started in Santa Ana, California, mm -hmm. and then uh, I think they had a little 2,000-square-foot shop in mm -hmm. Santa Ana. And they hired a couple welders and, you know, just making, making frames and forks. That was it. That's it. Just frames and forks. Frames and forks. And then the evolution, like, in the, in, the, in the production of the bikes, is there ways to tell, like, an early GT from a late GT and, like, to say, oh, this is a Gen 1, Gen 2, and, and how can you tell the difference of those? Yeah, you can tell by the, the, the rear dropout. Uh -huh. If it's more squared off, you can tell it's, like, hand cut. That was original Gary Turner's. And it had a box piece behind the bottom bracket that, and it had a, a what they call like a looped, yeah, um, chainstay back there. Okay. So it didn't connect to the bottom bracket. So those were the very early gen ones. Did he keep track of the production of what he did, or he was just kind of? It was uh, something like ah, whatever. I'm just building them, whatever. And yeah, exactly. I mean, you so, don't you don't know what you're building at the time. Sure. So you don't know you're making history yeah. at the time. So my first few frames, we don't know where they went. Really? My dad's off. Crap, I don't know where they went. I gave them to somebody. Like, We're done with this one. You can have yeah, it. Like, exactly. That's wild. Yeah. And then total production, like from the time GT goes into full production, how many bikes were they producing a year, do you think? Ah, uh, hell, I have not. Probably 
A couple thousand. A couple thousand. Because now bike stores all over. Once GT becomes like the hot ticket bike. Because I remember when I was a kid going to the bike store and you'd see like a GT. Be like, oh, man, that's the bike yeah. to have. Yeah. So when GT started out, I mean, when it started to really grow, uh-huh. it was just frame and forks. And then I came back to California. I was 12 years old. I told my dad, hey, I want to stay here. My dad, all right, yeah, no problem. So during the summertime, I'd have something to do. So my dad took me to the factory at HB. Yeah. And guess who's putting stickers on bikes? Oh, is that, <laughs> your, that was me. Is that your job, putting stickers yeah. on the bottom tube or, and all that? Or and... back in the shop, cleaning tubing and all that kind of stuff. But my amazement was watching the welders. So yeah. at that time, I think probably like 10, 15 welders. Yeah, really? Yeah. And, you know, they're cranking out, you know, 100 frames a day. I wow. Mean, so it really started to grow. And then um, I decided, you know, that's what I wanted to do. But going to high school, I found cars and girls. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, forget this BMX stuff. <laughs> Gasoline and girls, man, that's what yeah. does it to all of us teenagers, man. Yeah. We get we get to that point in high school where, like, I remember I was a skateboarder at the time, and my skateboard went in the trunk of my car. Last time I took it out was to t- chuck the skateboard and put a speaker box in my car, and it was like, Yep. Moving on from there. <laughs> yeah, then going back to the bug things, me and my buddies, we you know, we had like 68, 67s, and, you know, pull the motors out. My dad's a motorhead. Yeah. So, you know, we could build stuff. And Volkswagens, you know, because you're looking at what you do, right? Like, what, what, there, there's, such a, there's such a mirrored relationship between your dad's story and the typical VW story, right? Like, the guys that get into Volkswagens are guys that have a better idea, and we think we can do it better than that guy. And we just want the platform to do that. So we start with a Volkswagen, which is a blank canvas for every one of us. And we make it all the different styles we see here at the show. But it sounds exactly the same as your dad's story. Like he sees the bike, like, you know what? I'll just build my kid a bike. Like I don't need to go buy one. I'll build him one. And then from that, there's so much in the Volkswagen world. So many companies, so many everything started from just one guy thinking he could build a better widget. You know what I mean? And, And doing it on his own. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the American way. That, that's the way you want to do it. I mean, if, if you've got an idea in your head, like some things keep me up at night, I wake up too. When I design my frames now, it's 2 in the morning. Really? It, it wakes me up. I'm like, man, I can't go back to sleep because I'm thinking this whole new design and stuff. Yeah. So, and so you, now you're building, you're continuing the legacy of, of Gary Turner and building bikes under the name Gary Turner, your dad's name, right? And so you're now a young kid watching these welders decide to get into welding. You're in high school. You get into cars. Uh, you got your little Volkswagen stuff and all that because those are cheap and easy and like throw it together, build it yourself and take it, drive it to the track and customize it like you can your bike and all this kind of stuff. Now, do you immediately, do you pursue your whole life into BMX and and welding and all that kind of stuff? Or is this a meandering path that gets you back here? Yeah, it's a complicated path because I, right out of high school and junior college, I was playing football Yeah, and uh, doing pretty good and then got hurt a few times. And then um, I went on a ride along with my, my buddy I grew up with across yeah. the street be, became a Coastal Mesa PD cop. So I went a couple of ride-alongs with him. I'm like, oh, dude, this cop stuff's pretty cool. Right, right. right. So at 20 and a half, I put myself in the academy in Orange County, got half hired halfway into it, and became a cop. So I did 20 years as a cop. But in Huntington Beach? No, Westminster, California. So Westminster, California. In Orange County. So you get to do, your, yeah, you have your job as, as PD, which is like a, a totally legit, respectable job. Everybody loves the, at least people I know love the police. But you go do that, and then you pursue that career, and that's kind of feeding things and keeping your life going and all this stuff. And then yeah. how do you end up? Well, actually, you know, when I became a cop, you know, I, 
I think it was about 94, 95, got into the downhill racing scene, mountain bikes. On the on the big full suspension fork Correct. bikes and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so couple, won a couple state championships in that. I was doing pretty good at it. And then my dad sold GT in 98. So 1998, he sells GT. Yeah. Who does he sell GT to? He sold it to a company, an old Schwinn back in the day. and, and So it was like one conglomerate company that owned all the yeah. BMX companies. Yeah, so they started buying up all the brands like Cannondale and that kind of stuff. Sure. And then um, it was like everything in the 90s, like car audio, everything. Everything just started getting bought up by one big company. Correct. And then next thing you know, everything's made overseas and yep. all that kind of stuff. So the GT name goes along by the wayside with all that stuff. Yeah. And then we, my dad goes, to me, hey, what, what do you want to do now? Do you want to race something? I mean, originally I was going to race drag boats. Yeah. And then me and my dad went out to a drag race, and one of his good friends died in a drag boat. And my dad's all, okay. My dad's a motorhead. Drag racing's in his blood. Oh, we're not, we're not doing drag boats. We're not doing drag boats. No. Yeah. So let's do off-road racing. All right. So we bought a, a brand-new Class 7S. Kurt LeDuc built it. And went up seven open, won nine championships, got like 47 wins, so we're doing pretty good. Yeah. And then um, it got really expensive. And we're like, yeah, let's not do this anymore. And then my dad's all, we went to a, a bike show in Whittier, at Whittier Narrows. And uh, we're cruising, just, it was like a bike show slash swap meet. Right. Like we're here at the VW show. Sure. And then the guy had two original 26 inchers cruisers that my dad only built from 79 to 81 because really? after 81 everything went to 24 inch right and my dad goes if i could build another bike it'd be that bike right there i go let's do it and what <laughs> year is this this was about eight years ago okay so and this is before the bike thing just starts taking off because the bike thing's been getting no, huge lately or just the beginning of this? Just beginning. You know, Todd Lyons brought the 29, 26ers back. You know, I give props to Todd. He, d he did a great job doing all that stuff. And um, so we decided we'll, we'll do 100 limited edition 26-inch Gary Turners. And they sold out in two weeks. Really? Yeah. And these were all chromoly chromoly like built to built to cruise, just to cruise. race, whatever yeah. you want. And like, same spec level yeah. build. We weren't set up to build bikes then. Right. So we hired a guy named Johnny Severn, Johnny True Torch, down in Santa Ana, who used to race for my dad back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah. So a little history back there. Sure. So he built all those bikes. And then I told my dad, hey, let's just keep going. He goes, well, it's expensive to pay this guy to build this. I go, I'll learn. Teach me. So my dad goes, okay, you want to learn? You know, I, I already knew how to weld and stuff, but I, I didn't know all the, the math and geometry right, and all right. that to build bikes. He goes... All right, so go build a, a jig for that bike, and I learned the hard way. He made I, you. He, he made, made me do it. <laughs> he watched me do all the f ups. Right. Everything, and then he go, "Oh no, you gotta do it this way, this way." I'm like, "Why didn't you tell me this before?" I just spent eight hours just trying to get the seat mass straight. Sure. This jig, right? But you know, that's the way my dad was. That's how I learned a life. Yeah. My dad was very hands on with me. He goes, "You gotta work your ass off. You can do everything right." Blah blah blah. So. And eight years later, I'm hand-making the bikes myself. So now, this is one of the cool things. So we're here at the show, and, and you've got a, a, a frame on display, and you've got a full a full bike here on display. And you're now building Gary Turner bikes, custom-built. You're building them yourself. They're built here in the USA. Yep. They're all chromoly bikes and hand-welded by you. Yep. And 
the the cool thing about these bikes is a you're getting a piece of the history of actually the turner family still building bikes right and then you also can custom build these bikes, right? I mean, we were talking for a little bit and you said, you know, I'll build a bike anyway, anybody wants it. But now that you've had all this experience in building and welding and do, putting all the bikes together, now you're to the point where like you can custom build a bike to anybody's specification, but you're currently now, you've got one of your 50th anniversary bikes here that's available, right? Right, correct. So it's a 50th anniversary frame. Now you're doing just the frames right now or frames and forks? Just frames and forks and handlebars. Frames, forks, and handlebars. Yeah. So you're building that and all that's coming out of where? Orange County. Orange County, California. And how many of you started building over the past eight years? How many bikes you built? Oh, thousands. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I could weld up maybe 10 to 15 frames a day. Really? But, you know, but you got to include all the prep work, getting sure. the tubings oh, cut, yeah. coped, everything. So. Yeah, I mean, that's just the prep work. It takes you a week and a week before oh, yeah. to prep all the all yeah. the metal before you start building it. Yeah, so I just did like 150 frames and forks for our 50th anniversary bike. We're all sold out. <laughs> and the prep work alone was probably about three weeks. Yeah. And then probably another month to weld them all up and powder coat and shipping. and. So now the bikes, do you offer chrome on the bikes? We do every once in a while. The problem with chrome is people don't understand. Chromium is a very complicated process. So what I do, because we still use the original chrome plater my dad used back in the 70s, bush polishing. Really? In Santa Ana. So, and he's very specific on it. So, what we call pre-polishing. So, you so, got to pre-polish the whole frame? What we do is we cut the tubing, cope it, get it everything ready to go. If it's going to go in the jig, and I'm going to weld it. So, I send it to him, and all the tubing gets pre-polished. And then I got to weld it up. And then you got to send it then up. Then it goes back plated. to him. It gets color buffed. And then it goes to chrome plating. Then it goes back to Dave. And then he inspects everything. Might have to buff something out. Might have to go back. Who knows? Because he wants his chrome to be perfect. Right. And so. And it only makes sense, right, to pre-polish everything oh, yeah. because you can't polish it once the bike's all welded together. Correct. So a lot of guys, what they do is they'll take a frame and go get it chromed. But and, you'll be able to see. And they, like, yeah, they polish it by hand, but there's a lot of areas they can't get in there and polish. Right. So you want that surface polished for a nice chrome job. Oh, yeah. You know, plus yeah. you got to have all the bleed holes, the air holes. I mean, it, it's complicated. So it's a little process. So back in the day, my dad probably paid five, six bucks <laughs> for a friend to get chrome. Now you're talking 130 bucks. Yeah, 130 dollars to chrome it. Sure, yeah. sure. No, no doubt. And now, now your bikes that you build now, they're serial numbered and sequential, and and like you're keeping track of production of all the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. So like the 15th anniversary bike, the first 20 for each size i did 24 26 29 inch so i had i did a raffle from 1 to 20 so people want that low serial number right so i did a raffle for each size it was pretty cool so yeah you know, no, that's, all my buddies say oh, i want number one bro i can't do that but that's but but see the best part of that is like if you're keeping it true to the game and the people that yeah. are in the hobby they get a fair shot you know what i mean like Correct. everybody gets a fair shot at it. Yeah. No, nobody's getting a bro deal on it because the, the, the good part about it is because it's such a homegrown, you know, just a homegrown hobby and such a, and, and so many families started out with their families at the BMX track and just, it, it's, it started as a family thing, you know what I mean? But by being able to do that, you're able to give that exclusivity to people that are really into the hobby and everybody's got their fair chance at, at getting one of the first 20 bikes, you know what I mean? Correct. So now the bike that you have here is the 50th anniversary bike and is it built, and how's the, the, 
with this bike today compared to bikes of yesteryear, right? What's the difference in technology on these bikes? Not much. But I mean, you've got some difference with like the the, I mean, the braking system, the you know, brake you got systems, brakes. You got the integrated headsets, mm -hmm. you know, threadless, and you know, instead of the seven eight seat post, we run a one inch seat post now. You know, just a little, little bit bigger stuff. You know, I run three quarter chain stays, five eight seat stays. Back and then it was five eighths, oh three five thin wall tubing because right. they were race bikes. Yeah, I run oh four nine tubing. I mean, it weighs a little more, but it's going to last a lifetime. Right. And we're all we're all a little bit bigger now. Yeah. We all, all weigh bigger. a little bit more. And that is my customer base. Guys our age. 100%. You know, they, they're they making a little money now. They could afford a $700 frame. Yeah. And build it up from there. And that's that's the thing. So your frames are on about 700 bucks. Is that frame and forks or just frame? Just frame. That's frame and fork. Okay. You know, I... I, I Powder coated? Powder coated. I had to go up a hundred bucks. Uh, normally it was six hundred back in the you know about a year ago, but you know things got more expensive. But I also think to, to some to, to to some extent you have to understand you're buying a hand built bike that's built here in the U.S. You know yeah. what I mean? And by no means am I trying to downgrade anybody else, but there's a big difference between the son of the guy that started it all is hand building this bike for you that you're going to own. There's some value to that, I believe personally because there's the history the legacy that continues on with that plus something made here in the usa you're supporting a locally owned business which buys locally scored you know supplied steel which supports other local businesses so i think it's a win-win on on every angle now with with the bikes that you build what did you learn about bike geometry as far as like frame setups and things like that, and and what's been like the 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 newest thing in the past twenty five years that's anything's changed bike BMX frame uh, layouts and stuff. Now you know guys our age want room. They want they, they yeah. want the longer top tube, <laughs> and all these willy guys want that shorter back end. I like a longer back end, but you know you gotta find that happy medium. What's the difference in the characteristics with a longer back end? The longer back end is like easy to ride. Yeah, and you know it's it's. I think it's less harder to pedal, mm -hmm. where you got that short back end. It feels a little bit stiffer to pedal. Right, easy to wheelie, but yeah, a little, like long-term flat riding. It's not going to be fun. Correct. And so, with the the style frame that you build, you just build one style, and you just do kind of different runs of it, or do you have different styles of frames? I do mainly 26, 29. 29 mm -hmm. is my best seller. Okay. So out of the 26, 29, I have two different models with longer top tubes. What's the what, so, so? What's the name of the bikes? Like what's there's? They're a, all Gary Turners, but I call but, the tw 26 inch. Uh -huh. I got a 26 XL. So from a 23 inch top tube, you go up to a 24 inch top tail. Okay. The 29 I have my standard 24 inch top tube goes up to a 25 inch top tube. Okay. That's for like really big guys. You know, just want more room. Just give you more leg room because you know yeah. I, I have I have a 29 inch bike that we discussed earlier. I got a I got a ripper because my brother's big in rippers and got me a ripper for something. And so, but one of the things I noticed when I'm riding it, it's like your foot almost hits the back of the bike about the front wheel, depending yeah. on where you're at. Now, is that length of top tube and tire diameter? Is that what that is? I mean, that helps. I mean, you gotta remember, you, you could change the top tube length by kicking the seat mass back one degree and you're getting a half an inch really so it's not a true length right or mine always stays consistent so basically i just stretch out the jig you know and then my the 50th anniversary i actually put a one and a half degree kick in the fork 
which kicked that 29er front tire back up forward a little more. So mm-hmm. you got more foot room. So let me ask this question. If there's a guy listening to the podcast right now, he's six foot seven and he drives a bus because he, he, he likes to have neck problems, but he wants a custom built bike and he's like, I want a Gary Turner, but I want it to fit my six foot seven frame. Yeah, then I'll say, okay, my 29XL will be the best bike for you. So you have the bike that'll fit for that guy right yeah. there. Now, the reason why you just do forks and frames is because you can just buy all the other stuff online and it's cheaper. It's cheaper for the consumer to buy that stuff the way they want it, custom build it to their spec. Yeah, I mean, the fad now, I mean, these guys buy on these BMX bikes, big cruisers. Right. They're like Harley guys. You know, <laughs> you buy a stock Harley. And right. Two no months later, you got another five grand. Well, in now we bike. see they don't even sell them with reflectors anymore because I was no. the first thing to hit the garbage can was a reflector yeah. in the chain guard right in the trash. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many component companies out there that make so many good products. Yeah. That well, you there's just, no point to get yeah, into it because so it's just. You buy my frame for it, you're starting with a blank canvas. Build and it any way you want. Build it any way you want. Just like a Volkswagen. Right. Start from start with the start with the core of the the, the genuine article and then customize it any way yeah. you want. Like a lot of guys, they'll buy my frame and fork. They'll go buy an SE and just take all the parts off that and throw it on my bike. Right. Money yeah. wise, that's that's pretty profitable. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I mean, it's a pre, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, I was seeing uh, mag setups that were going for two hundred fifty bucks for a set of mags, uh, twenty nine inch mags. I think it was twenty six or twenty nine inch mags, but. I mean, like, there's a, a myriad of custom things that you can do these bikes. Now, um, what's your website? People want to check these bikes out. A little beer up the nose. Yeah. But uh, gt1972.com. I try to keep it simple. gt1972.com. Yep. So that's the website where you can go get yourself in a real genuine Gary Turner BMX bike, custom built in Orange County, California, hand built by the family legacy continuing on today. Um, and are you on Instagram, too? Yes, Gary Turner BMX. Gary Turner BMX on Instagram. And Facebook, the same. And now as far as uh, colors that you powder coat the frame, you powder coat it any color somebody wants, or do you have your standard colors you powder coat it to? Um, the 50th anniversary bikes come in black, white, yellow, and blue and red. But we kept it a simple Pantone, like back in the 70s. Right. And I wanted it to jive with that kind sure. of era. But, you know, we, we'll do candies and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, i got to upcharge on that. No, well, and everybody knows, I mean, yeah. He, he, I think what people in our generation are really starting to understand is there's that hand-built, bespoke style of getting what you want built for you. And if you can do that from the guy that's got the legacy carrying it on, I think it's huge. You know what I mean? I think, uh, you know, GT was one of the most popular bikes when I was a kid, man. Like, if if there was a dude on the block that had a GT, like, he was styling. Like, that dude was like, oh, man, that guy's got the bike, right? He's got the life. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. I mean, I do everything from start to finish yeah you know with the help of my wife and but you know yeah you can't do I, it all your I, wife I, I buy the metal bring it in i cut it i cope it get it all prepped yeah I weld it i take it to powder coat i pick it up i box it i sticker it ship them out so you know we're, it, it's just no it's a good listen it's a great thing and i think that uh if you guys are in a vintage bmx stuff and you want something different you don't want to go to go get your off the shelf type stuff that anybody could just order on a catalog well, you need to call Gary Turner Bikes That's and get right. yourself get yourself a, a custom yeah. built GT the way that you want it, or the the Gary Turner bike. Yeah, just so. don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. Yeah, don't be in a rush. They're hand built. You can't rush yeah. high quality. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to rush my welding because I'm pretty proud of my welding. Yeah, 
you know, and, you know, it's an art form to yeah. dig weld. Oh, no, there's no question and about that, man. There's people like me that lay caterpillars, and some people are stacking dimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, I, I shortened the, 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 I narrowed the torsion housing on my crew cab over here, and my brother likes to say that I'm good at laying caterpillars. And so, uh, you know, I'm not stacking dimes over here. So there's definitely an, an art form and some patience that's required for that. Yeah, exactly. So, but, uh Anything else before we wrap up that you wanted to leave us with? Any, any way for people who want to get in touch with you, the best way through is your website to get in touch with you or DM you on Instagram? Yeah, just through my website. You get the link to email me. Okay. And uh, that's the best way to reach me. All right. Because when I'm welding, I don't answer my phone. Yeah. And then you know? what's, your, and what's your lead time on a bike right now? Six months? Uh, right now, it's probably about two to three weeks. Oh, two to three weeks? Yeah. So that's I just did bad. 150 of those, and they're all shipped out pretty much. So now I got a little breathing room. And, uh, you know, start getting ready for the Christmas rush. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, and on top of that, guys, get ahead of the Christmas rush and, and order your bike soon, man, because if you're wanting a custom-built Gary Turner bike, get on the horn with uh, GT1972.com yep. and get yourself. And don't forget to let them know you heard on Let's Talk Dubs, guys. Well, well, Craig, man, I'm, I'm stoked we got a chance to chat and get to hear Brother, some of that history, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. If you like that podcast, make sure you share our podcast. Go down to the three little dots on the podcast app that you have, forward that arrow, and share it to all your VW friends. We really enjoy when you share the podcast. Now, if you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com, click on the merch tab, and pick up some merch to support your favorite podcast. And don't forget, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Until next week, guys, more podcasts coming out. Stay dubbing, work on your uh, work on your junk in the garage. And you thought I forgot about the shout outs, but I didn't like to give a shout out to KMFB702. He says the best, love your show. It makes my drive to and from work way more enjoyable. So hopefully this podcast did that for you too. And it gave you a little bit of knowledge about the BMX life from back in the day. Also a shout out to Nelson Dorigo, Nelson Dorigo in Maui, man. I met him when I was down there. He's got a dope collection. He's the guy I told you about last time. He's picked up Frenchie's old car. He still has his high school car. There's a bunch of stuff. We'll do a podcast with him coming up. Also, Jody Medeiros from uh, Maui also. These guys are uh, super rad guys. Got to meet them when I was down in Maui. And they support the podcast as well. So I really appreciate these guys. Shout out to them dudes because they're the players making it happen in Maui. So when you guys are in Maui, those are the dudes to look out for. And you guys can hit them up on uh, Valley Isle V-Dubs. That's their Facebook page. So check them out. Go share, go join the page, man. Share some stuff with those dudes. But uh, I'm looking forward to next week's podcast, guys. Until then, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motor Security Blanket.